What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. This is my first ever episode with two guests, so I'm excited to do that. So my guests today are Dylan Harris and return guest Stephen Maycheck. How y'all doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I can't uh, say anything else for myself. About as good as I can be. Excellent. So the reason I'm having both of y'all on is because you guys were the authors of a very interesting paper uh, discussing a supplement ingredient um, that I've been interested in for for quite a while, uh, theocrine. Um, so let's, uh, let's kind of jump into what it is and, and where it comes from, and, and we'll just roll from there. Who wants to start? I'll, I'll start us off. So, theocrine, um, basically it's just a compound that resembles caffeine. Um, the major difference is that it has a uh, methyl group in the carbon-9, along with an extra t- ketone group. Pretty much uh, where it comes from is, well, it's a naturally occurring purulene alkaloid. Uh, it shares the same greenness as green tea and actually comes from very similarly, uh, well, it comes actually from a fruit called Theobroma grandiflorum, uh, which resembles um, the cacao, or cacao, 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 sorry, you know, I can't remember how to You can cut that out. That's the I won't. You won't? That's it. You know, that's fine. That sounds more like me anyway, just stumble on my words. So it resembles them so like the tropical rainforest it's actually closely related to that um it's a theocrine's actually a very popular i'd say popular it's a main ingredient in certain green teas uh from the china region like uh kombucha i believe is what it is um the main point behind theocrine was like it has several medicinal uses like it's just good for antibodies kind of like coffee which has like a lot of like antioxidants um so theocrine has some of those properties um what else is there um just it's thought to have like the same effects as caffeine but it's just a very under-researched uh supplement right now pretty much um the, the main selling point as uh, i don't know if y'all seen it but like theocrine is actually the uh, synthetic version of it so uh you can't actually buy theocrine as like a raw powder you actually have to it, it's converted to theocrine um, the main selling point of it was like, it's a non-habituating kind of does the exact same thing as caffeine, but as research is showing us, it's not exactly doing that. And it's still kind of like iffy about what it exactly does in terms of performance. Gotcha. So my first exposure to it was, uh, working as, uh, a supplement. I was vice president of research and development for a supplement company and, uh, Compound Solutions, who makes Teocrine, uh, one of their reps stopped by and they were just showing me basically some of their preliminary data. Just looking at the uh, the the time it takes for caffeine to you know spike in your bloodstream and the length of time that it's you know basically it's half life, and then comparing that to to this new novel you know ingredient uh, Teocrine and um, I was like, wow, this is this is really interesting. So my first thought was like, okay, this is going to be amazing for like two athletes. And like, I don't know if you can consider one of them an athlete, but endurance athletes who are doing long event stuff like uh, 
longer than a marathon. So like ultra marathon, half Ironman, Ironman, things like that, where you're going to be, you know, competing for hour after hour after hour after hour. Like maybe this would be super beneficial. And then the other thing I thought of is like, uh, like back mountain hunters. Like I was like, we could, we could come up with a line specifically for people who are like backpacking all day and like hauling tons and tons of stuff. Like I thought this would be perfect. We ended up not, not doing anything with it, but I've always been interested in it. Cause I was just like, man, I think there's something there. So, um, expecting the latter of those two examples, you know, right. It's an untapped demographic you've got right there. People are way too into e-gaming. They need to be targeting <laughs> the backpack hunters. <laughs> yeah, man. But, for sure. Yeah, Cause you, you, well, you mentioned that too. I also think of like military too. Hmm. For sure. Yeah, just you've mentioned like long, like um, like the hikes. You know, they do their rucks and whatnot, carrying. You know, I think it's like fifty pounds. I don't actually remember, but like there's those heavy rucks and like doing long hikes too. So that was my first. Backpack hunters. Yeah, man. (laughs) Dude, you get an elk and you're like three miles from camp. Like, that's you're gonna want some. Eat it on the run. Exactly. You're going to want some some long-term stimulation. That's right. So, yeah, awesome. Think, so, uh, one thing I wanted sorry. to add real quick is uh, mm-hmm. one of the novel things about Teocrin is the fact that it is so it is so kind of engrossed in the nootropics area. And nootropics mm-hmm. is a really hot topic nowadays. You know, our, our, the previous podcast we did, we were talking about psychedelics, um, but, but nootropics <clears throat> can range anywhere from you know, illicit use of things like Adderall to uh, more uh, kind of herbal compounds, things like alpha-GPC, things like teocrine. And I think one of the areas where teocrine kind of shines is that mechanistically, it's very similar, as Dylan said, to, to caffeine. And that's kind of its main selling point is that uh, caffeine is kind of tried, tested, and true, right? So caffeine is is very well established in the literature. Um, mm-hmm. And teocrine shines in that it acts similarly, um, kind of different from all the other nootropics that are out there, which are kind of working by other mechanisms that are complementing a lot of these neurotransmitters, et cetera. Um, so I think that, that teocrine is, is particularly valuable, especially when we're talking about nootropics and kind of complementing caffeine because of that role that it has uh, as a very similar compound <clears throat> with very similar potential mechanisms. Gotcha. So... It comes basically from green tea. Yeah. Gotcha. So, like, if if I just go to the store and I buy some green tea, like, I'm ingesting some tea? Yeah. That's something I didn't really look too much into, but, yeah, it has some, I don't know the exact, again, I don't know the exact, like, milligrams or anything like that, but it usually Mm -hmm. contains at least some theocrine in it like naturally occurring the theocrine it will be labeled as theocrine not like theocrine i know like um a lot of stores that sell like especially like uh i don't want to say healthier stores but like kombucha where it's marketed um that will have like some theocrine in it as well because that's where like that's where the main that that's like you know that, that fermented oh i got a telemarketer call <laughs> that was that's that, that, yeah, great timing. You're gonna get a telemarketer call right in the, as soon as that's it awesome. started. 
We love that. But yeah, so like kombucha, you know, the fermented teas and whatnot, that has the acrylic as well. So it's not just regular green tea, but like kombucha, because it's um when it's made from that um the Theoroma graniforum, it's also found in another flower that is used for kombucha. I just don't remember what it's called, and I'm not gonna butcher pronunciation again. Gotcha. It's probably very similar to, you know, without looking at the actual gram amounts per amount of, of other, um, you know, source material, it's probably very similar to caffeine in the sense that, you know, you can get caffeine from dark chocolate and other, other you know, chocolate compounds, but how, how practical is it to get your caffeine from chocolate, right? Um, right. You don't really see a bunch of people taking like caffeine leaves either and just kind of like chewing on those. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, as another example that's a little less related, you can get, you know, creatine from from red meat. But it's mm -hmm. it's relatively impractical, which is probably uh, heresy to say in, in Texas. But, you know, you need to be eating at least a kilo Kilos. of red meat per yeah. day to get even close to the amount of creatine that you would need to saturate skeletal muscle. So, you know, when you're talking about sources, like those sources are important, but it's it's probably, without looking at the source material, it's probably difficult to get enough teacrin from um, consuming foods that naturally have it. Gotcha. So in order to determine, like, whether it's, well, before we go there, let's talk about the name of your paper here. So I've got it, got it right here for those of y'all interested. And this is open access, so everyone can... Just Google it and, and take a look, uh, but I'll include a link. So, theocrine is a potential caffeine alternative for enhanced ergogenic and cognitive performance in athletes, a call to action and a brief review. So, in order to determine if it's a potential alternative for caffeine, it's going to be really helpful for people to understand, like, what is the role of caffeine for athletic performance? Um, what are the pros? What are the cons? And so from there, we'll have a little bit more of a framework to understand uh, the potential role of uh, theocrine or, or teocrine. So can we talk a little bit about caffeine's role in, in uh, athletics? <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. So caffeine, uh, as we know, is like in any pre-workout or just I want to say basically any gym goer that goes to caffeine is like the number one supplement being taken. And I'm pretty sure um, a lot of people, <clears throat> especially with like TikTok being very popular right now, uh, we see people like shotgunning energy drinks um, mixed with pre-workout and washing it down with another energy drink. It's just it's yeah, there you go. Yeah, I had my energy drink here too. I mean, like, <laughs> this is why we need tea, Grin. Caffeine, yeah, caffeine is everywhere. Not even in just like performance aspects. Caffeine is everywhere. <clears throat> Starbucks. And people, yeah, Starbucks too. And no one realizes just how much they're consuming unless you're being a little bit of like you're real health conscious about what you're doing. But even then, sometimes people will like let that go. So as we know, um, caffeine. Typically, uh, in literature, usually about 200 to 400 milligrams a day is usually what like is best for perform performance. It is used for overall <clears throat> like muscular endurance, strength, and power. Uh, I know, at like my power, I've done a couple powerlifting meets, and like the number one go-to thing to help with performance, especially with like heavy maximal attempts, is caffeine. Mm -hmm. uh, people are. I was watching people fill Gatorade bottles full of like, obviously Gatorade, but like pre-workout as well, like two, three scoops. Like 
habituation is a really big deal when it comes to caffeine. And I think that's where later on, like theocrine will shine just a little bit more. <clears throat> also with like caffeine's ergogenic effects as well. So some, again, a con is the habituation, just how much people are consuming and just the overall, like everywhere it's everywhere and the way it's marketed to, like it's, no one ever really talks about like the, I mean, they do, but in terms of performance, no one talks about how bad caffeine can be and then how mm -hmm. um, people are so like gung-ho about buying pre-workout and needing that before their workouts to even get one. So the pros about it, you know, it helps with like mental fatigue and whatnot. And so that way, you know, when you're feeling good and you feel like you're not tired, you're able to push out, squeeze out a few more reps or push an extra mile or two more than what you have may have been able to beforehand. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and just like, I mean, like it just helps like increasing reaction time too. So like um, one paper that I cited was from Marissa Bello that compared caffeine and theocrine win in soccer uh, and so one of the things they looked at was like increase they had increased reaction time so caffeine helped with that um theocrine did not they didn't see anything with that but caffeine was able to help with increased reaction time decision making so they're able to make smarter maybe better plays because of that so that's mm -hmm. what kind of caffeine is like able to do gotcha so when when we talk about the cons like when we're talking about habituation um for those who who may not really understand like like what does habituation mean like what are we talking about here when when especially when it comes to higher doses like that you'll find like we're not talking about somebody who has a cup of coffee every day like we're talking about people who have like maybe four to six cups of coffee a day or who take who have an energy drink and pre-workout and coffee every day like like, what does that look like? What does that do um, as as time goes on? So <clears throat> I want to jump into the deep end just already. Uh, it can actually be, there's been a few cases of it causing, it being fatal. Because <clears throat> the more people are trying to, the more you use caffeine, the more, <clears throat> obviously, the more used to it you get and the more you need for it a response. Mm -hmm. So there's been, there was a couple of, uh, studies out there that people had like had done the similar things what people are doing now like chugging pre-workout red bull monster a bang a rain whatever it be and it's been very fatal it sent them and sent other people to the hospital so i mean when it comes to like habituation and whatnot i mean it can having large amounts of caffeine is like you can feel anxious, you know, anxiety, insomnia, not being able to sleep, which is mm -hmm. could be deleterious towards, you know, first of all, your health, but too, like if you're trying to, or like be a, if you're a professional athlete or you're competing the next day and you're hyped up on caffeine all the time, it could impact you negatively. Mm -hmm. So, just like that, I mean, and you don't realize, and then like when you go through like the withdrawal symptoms of like not having any caffeine, you know, you get that headache. Some people mm -hmm. are like, they need it. That's their first thing to do when they wake up. They immediately have to have one. And if they don't, they're cranky. They can't function. Mm -hmm. You know, and just, just stuff like that. And it just, it could, a lot of people end up relying on it a lot more than they do. Um, I'm going to use my mom as a great example. She used to have to have a Route 44 code, which doesn't have that much 
caffeine in it. Like a regular Coke does not have that much caffeine in it. But when you ingest so much of it over time, like, <laughs> you you need it. Like I mean, it becomes like yeah. a life support almost. Yeah. yeah, teachers do that a lot too. Uh, at least teachers over here, they'll they'll get they'll go to Sonic and they'll get one of those. Uh, I don't know how many ounces. It's an absurd no- amount of, of ounces of soda, and they'll just mm-hmm. sip on that throughout the day, and that's giving them carbohydrate, uh, but it's also giving them a certain amount of caffeine. Um, mm-hmm. And in addition to what Dylan was saying, um, I kind of wanted to touch on habituation and kind of the mechanisms of what's happening. If that's something that we're interested in. And, yeah. and typically, uh, the the reason that caffeine is is uh, uh, efficacious, and then also potentially teacrine, what it's doing, is through adenosine receptor antagonism. And to not make that you know, extremely complicated, we think about adenosine, adenosine in, in physiology, and specifically with uh, regards to exercise physiology, we think about the energy currency of the cell, adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. And through metabolism of ATP, you know, we have adenosine triphosphate, diphosphate, monophosphate mm-hmm. as we continue energy metabolism and that requirement for energy. Eventually, we mm-hmm. get to the point where we have uh, basically just adenosine. And that adenosine, when it binds to adenosine receptors in the brain, that can cause us to feel tired, which kind of makes sense. If, if ATP is energy and we're burning through energy, eventually we're going to get to the point where all we have is kind of that base material that's going to accumulate and cause fatigue. Mm-hmm. So what caffeine is doing is it's antagonizing or blocking that receptor, uh, preventing adenosine from binding, and therefore you're not necessarily making yourself energized, which is what a lot of people assume caffeine does. And there are mm-hmm. some effects where caffeine can do that because it is a central nervous system stimulant. It has some effects on you know, blood pressure, heart rate, things of that nature. Um, but mainly what it's doing is it's increasing reaction time, alertness, all these different things through that adenosine receptor antagonism by blunting the perception of fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. And that's essentially how, how teocrine is also working. And a lot of those things are still being kind of elucidated or figured out um, in, in comparison to caffeine. Um, and with habituation, that's, that's pretty much what's happening is negative feedback. If we're blocking those adenosine receptors all the time, our body needs that adenosine to bind in order to feel those feelings of fatigue and then regulate our body properly to, you know, lay down, get sleep, get rest, flush that adenosine out, all that stuff. So we're going mm-hmm. to upregulate those adenosine receptors. And so where part of this addiction portion comes in is that now we have an inordinate amount of, of adenosine receptors based on that upregulation, constantly blocking them. Um, and then if we don't consume caffeine, that feeling of fatigue is basically exacerbated or magnified because we have all these adenosine receptors. We have all this adenosine binding. So we need that caffeine to kind of make ourselves feel normal at a certain point. Um, so that was pretty much a down and dirty of how that addiction happens. And it, it, it's something that I think is, is really important for people to understand how caffeine is working, especially if they're trying to optimize on caffeine or other compounds that are working very similarly because understanding how the receptors, the the different mechanisms of caffeine are functioning allows you to kind of manage the amount that you're taking in, especially given Mm -hmm. the recommendations. Um, And, you know, Dylan did a really good job of mentioning the kind of use in in strength sports and general gym goers. The caffeine actually has a really, really extensive history in endurance athletes as well, Um, Mm -hmm. especially because there's a lot, I would say there's a ton more there's actually a kind of a growing amount of literature that's supporting it for, for strength and conditioning and resistance training in general. 
Um, but a lot of it, just like with a lot of other research um, leading up into like the early 2000s, et cetera, was all based in endurance, all based mm -hmm. in aerobic types of endeavors. And uh, basically what, you know, caffeine has been substantiated or things that antagonize the adenosine receptor, um, they can help with things uh, other than, than uh, fatigue um, kind of attenuation, things like substrate availability. So helping to improve... Increase uh, fat usage. and Yeah. And one of, the, mm -hmm. one of the ways it's doing that, not to get too deep into the details, is uh, it's a phosphodiesterase inhibitor. So it'll, it'll prevent... Um, the the negative feedback of uh, the cyclic AMP uh, second messenger uh, pathway from basically yeah shutting itself off for lack of a better term so it kind of keeps that going keeps energy substrate available um, things like uh, increased calcium availability things of that nature too so yeah that was uh, just a little little addition <coughs> to everything that Dylan had already said that was very accurate so. Awesome. So, uh, one of the things that Willoughby talked to us uh, in grad school about was um, because he was a he was a big fan of showing up to class with you know a big styrofoam cup that had a uh, red line RTD right, which is two servings. Yeah, and then, out for some reason. Why not? Why not? Just, <laughs> it already tastes bad. You might as well throw some other not great tasting stuff in there. And then uh, in a in a room. Sorry to interrupt. You ever sat there no, and just you, just uh, had you know like a a performance enhancing dose of beta alanine? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Paris thesis and yeah tinglys and all that no thank, out, thank goodness no. sitting in a chair trying to lecture or listen to a lecture there's no way it's got to be awful <laughs> not to him <laughs> he can handle it um uh so on top of the two servings of redline um or meltdown whichever you know whichever he was he was feeling that day he'd usually pour an entire monster on top of that and that's what he'd be sipping on and so he would tell us, like, hey, your receptors, they're going to get fried doing this. So there are – I and I don't think this is the, the episode to discuss it, but he would talk about ways for, uh, for us to reset our receptors and feel like a, quote, unquote, thermogenic virgin, which is always great. So he <laughs> taught us some, some tricks of the trade, which – it's fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and we could, we could be on like I was taking Redline Black on Blue Ultra Hardcore, like the capsules. I would take like you know one or two of those every morning because I was up at, you know, four thirty, and I'd be working basically all day until nine or ten at night, and uh, you know you got to get in a, a solid workout. So like, that's a great way to do it. Um, but yeah, you get to like Thursday or Friday and you're like, it's not cutting it anymore. Maybe I should take three. Well, that's probably not a good idea. So he was like, here's what you do. Starting on the weekend, you do this, this, and this, and then come Monday morning, you take one or two and you're like, woo. You want to share what this, this, and this is? Uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, about it. we'll talk about it once we, uh, once we okay. finish recording. <laughs> 
I'm not trying to get held responsible for anything. It sounds very it's proprietary right. in nature. So you know, <laughs> yeah. we never had this discussion. Apparently, he uh, he holds back out on on uh, on us. It's surprisingly simple. So it's and it's like it's not dangerous at all, but it's like eh, let's just we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it after. So I tried to do it the the dirty way, which is you know just complete abstinence for a while, and then I ended up pulling my back uh, a week out from a powerlifting meet. And so I decided to never go off of caffeine. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Once once you're on it, you got to stay on it. Yeah, that's right. It's yep. It's uh, the withdrawals aren't aren't the only thing. You just, you just become a useless lump of flesh. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, like that's what's tough for athletes is like. So me personally, I don't consume a lot of caffeine, and I do that deliberately so that um, when I do uh, when I do have a, a a really difficult workout planned or competition, like that, that's when I'm trying to use caffeine. Like I want to get as much benefit from it as possible. And if I'm consuming it every day, then I know I either have to go with a really high dose or I just have to be okay with, you know what, this is going to bring me to my normal level and then I'll just, you know, I'll race that's, or whatever. That's pretty much where I'm at right now is, um, I, I generally need about 300 milligrams in the morning to be my normal self. <laughs> um, you know, if I don't have my caffeine, that's probably, I'm, I'm essentially not someone you should talk to, not because I'm upset, but I don't think I'm mentally there. It's mm. literally an out-of-body experience. It's, it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, yeah, and then when I, need, when I need a little extra, you know, that's when you top it off with an extra 160 or, or 300, hopefully not 300. Um, but I, I mean, I try, I try really hard. I have, you know, in Willoughby's lab, I would probably say that, that all of us are caffeine addicted, which is, mm -hmm. it's just the name of the game, especially in strength sports, you know, the prevalence, there've been some papers published on the prevalence of caffeine usage in, uh, in strength sports, resistance training in general. Um, but I think what's really important is to make sure that, you know, if you are addicted to caffeine and depending on how fast you metabolize caffeine, there's a lot of research nowadays and, um, you know, the, the SIP A12, um, I think it's A12. I can't remember the specific confirmation for that, that, uh, gene that metabolizes caffeine, but they're finding out now that, you know, you either have a shorter, um, caffeine metabolism or a longer caffeine metabolism and the ones that have a longer metabolism, it might be, uh, related to cardiovascular disease incidence. Um, but basically, you know, I mean, that's the difference between four hours, six hours, maybe a little bit longer, things of that nature. Um, and so what I just try to do is I know if I'm trying to go to sleep by 10, I know caffeine has about a six hour half-life. So I'm trying to cut off all my caffeine intake by about 3 PM. That's, that's pretty much, I mean, what I try to do to mitigate consuming too much, because mm -hmm. that's, that's what I do when I'm stressed is I, I over consume either stimulants or you know like other supplements in order to try to get myself to a certain mental um mental state for lack of a better mm -hmm. term. sure so let's talk about some of the specific ways that um that theocrine and and caffeine are both similar in and some ways that they differ specifically so I think one of the major ways that they differ um, is their half-life. I think that's a really big thing because caffeine is, as Steven said, known to about have around a six-hour half-life. Well, theocrine can be anywhere from 
oh gosh, I believe it's anywhere from like, it's like almost like 10 to 20 hours. It's a really long half-life. Um, mm. And that could potentially be dangerous too, uh, as well, because while we know that you can ingest more theocrine um, at a safer at safer levels, you can have a lot more because it's just uh, I actually don't really know why you can ingest more. I never really looked into that. Unfortunately, that's probably something that should have, but you can actually have more theocrine and they found it to not be as toxic as caffeine at the same at the same dosage. So similarly, just their mechanisms of action, just how they go into the body, you know, they're both rapidly absorbed in the stomach lining and they usually reach like about 30 minutes or so. They're both almost like 90% completely absorbed. Um, they cross, they both cross like the blood brain, blood brain barrier very easily. So, I mean, you're feeling the effects like almost, I don't want to say instantaneously, but like as soon as you take that first sip, I know that I feel much better after as soon as I start having it. It may not even, it may not even like have made it into my system at all, but like that knowing I have that first sip too, just really I've helps. Held a can before I've I've literally held a can and my mood automatically <laughs> it goes it's up. Cool. It's ads. It's it's, it's uh, I mean that's a feed forward effect, right? It's the same thing when you see really good food and you start salivating. I hold a mm-hmm. can of caffeine, I get happy. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, really quick, <laughs> continue, Dylan. I just wanted to say yeah. that I don't. I don't think that if if Dylan doesn't have a specific answer for a mechanism or, or whatnot, that it's because he didn't do research. I think that it's also because that there's just not a whole lot of research on teocrine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So some of these things, I mean, we have a general idea of why we're studying it because it's similar to caffeine, because it can kind of complement things, because we know that in some scenarios, especially a lot of uh, you know like animal research, we can start to substantiate some of these benefits. But I mean, it just doesn't have the body of literature, surprisingly so, um, as compared to even a magnitude of, of caffeine, a fraction of caffeine. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something that we kind of discovered when we were writing the paper is that we thought that, oh, wow, there's all this this data on, on teocrine. We'll be able to write a good review paper because I've never seen a review paper on teocrine before. Um, mm-hmm. And when Dylan had this idea, I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. And then he goes in there and he looks through all the literature and we're reading through the the review, and I'm like, huh, so where's where's the evidence on teocrine with this, or the mechanism of teocrine on, on that? Like, how does it affect substrate availability and things like that in comparison to caffeine? And you can't find anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we're missing out on some of the literature that's in there, you know, so there are teocrine experts that are listening in, and and they want to substantiate some of that and, and provide us some of the literature. I'm more than happy to see that. But it's not mm-hmm. readily available. A lot of this stuff is very difficult to find. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of why we we tried to pivot the, the nature of the review to, as also a call to action. Because mm-hmm. there really isn't as much as there needs to be, especially when it comes to sport performance. Gotcha. So... Speaking of sport performance, uh, if we don't have a whole lot of specific data to to make some some spe- not necessarily claims, but sp- some claims, some specific claims, let's say about it, what what do y'all theorize with regards to like what populations would get the most benefit from it? What sports would get the most benefit from it? What do y'all think? as far as that goes. 
So one of the major questions that kind of needs to be answered first, in my opinion, is so we know how much caffeine to take for actual like uh, this is the best response. Uh, can give you like the best uh, performance outcomes. Uh, we don't know that for theocrine. We don't know it. Uh, surprisingly, no one's looked into it or, or maybe they have. It just is again, it could be hidden. But from my research, there wasn't anything I found. So we don't know how much theocrine we know how much is toxic, but we don't know how much can give you the same like uh, performance outcomes as caffeine. So there definitely aren't physician papers out there recommending uh, a range yeah. of doses for human population. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, so in terms of like what I think a lot of sports could get use out of it, but I think the major ones are like, we kind of talked about this before the podcast even started, but like again, or maybe it was during. I don't actually remember. That says something. Not enough caffeine. That says it's not, not <laughs> enough caffeine exactly. Maybe, maybe I need some theocrine to like. You, you need know, some theocrine. Maybe. Definitely. But the longer <clears throat> the sports, that take a long time, basically. So I know hiking. I don't know if you claim that as a sport, but it's definitely a. Uh, an exercise that takes a very long time you know they're, they're hiking for a long time i lost the word this is just how i normally am that's fine uh just so like not to offend the hikers how do yeah. you win at hiking like do you hike the best like, i mean I, you beat yeah, the mountain dude you beat the mountain you know you got to yeah. the top you go back down well, you're like i dominated you because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> if you put a if well, you put a timer on it now it's just a race now it's not hiking exactly. anymore now you're well, just running well, I mean, like, exactly. Yeah, you're running <laughs> with a backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a heavy backpack. Country. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. But, like, just, just um, areas like that, like hiking, rock climbing, um, that would be useful, especially when they're climbing up. Because uh, I, I know there's the sports version. There's, there's bouldering, speed climbing, and I don't remember the last one. Um, I didn't even know there was that much. There's there's three there's three classifications. There's again the bouldering, which is like uh, basically you use no rope, no safety thing, and you have to climb up it. Uh, speed That's climbing called suicide. Is, well, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, except it's usually not indoors on an artificial rock wall. It's not usually out, but there is people that uh, free rock climb with no uh, safety equipment, other than, like no ropes or anything. They just have some tools on them, and that's it. But Stuff like that. I mean, you, I would, I. What's interesting about that is uh, I know that there's some rock climbers, especially if they're doing like without, without a rope, they don't want their heart rate to go up at all. They want to be as chill as possible. So having any sort of like nervous system stimulation, like when they feel their, their, heart rate increasing or like surge of adrenaline they're like oh no this is bad this means i'm probably about to die so i don't know i mean but everybody's different so there might be some who are like yeah hook me up but that's, i think that's uh, really crazy that's uh yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense um from the perspective of i probably don't want to be kind of fidgety and nervous when yeah. i'm trying to make sure that i'm holding on to a rock for dear life and then yeah. I'm trying to imagine myself in that same position. And I think maybe about 10 feet off the ground, I would probably be getting that response. <laughs> I have utmost Even, respect for, for those types of people. I joked about it before, but I, 
I'm afraid of, of heights. Like, I hate Tower of Terror at Disneyland because I hate the heights. Um, so the idea of, of climbing up something and, you know, maybe one wrong placement of my hand could lead to my imminent death, I just, it, it blows my mind. I would hope that I would die really fast. That's, that's all I can <laughs> Well, from a ten foot drop, you're you're probably going to be okay. Oh, maybe, oh, you you will overestimate the uh, integrity of my entire physiological structure. <laughs> Your VO two is too high. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I weigh like 120 pounds, so you know I, I basically float. <laughs> yeah, you're like a bird. Exactly. Reach, yeah. Well, at least we know he wouldn't reach. Yeah, he wouldn't reach terminal velocity in ten feet anyway. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's why it would be a slow death, is because I would I would literally float to my doom. <laughs> but so yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just say, so like just sports, um, where it's gonna you're gonna be doing some kind of like performance endeavor for like a long sustained period of time. Running is a great example. Um I could see it having a few uses in the military. There was one paper on it that talked about the current in the military and like comparing it to, like, the caffeine, um, just the caffeine use that people were using. And they found that almost every single one of them was using caffeine to help them get to their days because they were having 10, 15-mile rocks and then just needing something to help give them that extra edge. And that's where I think the Ecrin does shine in because of the, the it's a lot safer of a compound to be ingesting at higher, at higher doses, too, over a long period of time. Plus, it also gives you a lot of, like, health benefits, um, uh, like, antioxidant uh, properties. That's the word I was looking for. And just even just uh, cognitive, like, it has neuroprotective uh, um, abilities as well. Once I looked at it um, that I talked about was the um, Parkinson's. It can help actually prevent against Parkinson's disease by, um, yeah, by... Uh, Ooh, what's the word? I can't remember. It's is it cert three deactylation? Pretty sure. Yeah, sirtuin three deacetylation. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna butcher another word. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I'm not gonna butcher another word. I'll, I'll butcher several things, but I'll try to save face as much. Improved as well. bioenergetics. How about there that? There you go. There you go. There you that go. sounds good. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah. There you um, go. So probably going to be more beneficial for just because the the half life is so much longer. It's probably going to be more specific, uh, specific or beneficial for longer duration activity. Whether it's uh, like, and because of that, it's probably going to be like lower intensity, longer duration, perhaps. Yep. Although we don't know, right? Yep. Exactly. So, we don't know. So that leads me to, yeah, that leads me to my next question, which is, what else don't we know that would be really, really helpful? So, uh, for example, do we know that it has, like, the same diuretic uh, effect as caffeine? I don't remember anything about that. I, Dylan, have you seen anything that, that would demonstrate that? That's a fantastic question. Yeah. That definitely needs Just to be came investigated, to me. right? That's fantastic because you know one of the reasons I consume my caffeine in the morning is because it helps <laughs> keep my schedule things, regular. Things rolling, yeah, yeah. exactly. 
that and a so, peanut butter sandwich, and I'm good to go. So there, I say I just thought of that, but I actually didn't just think of that because when I was when I was thinking about like, hey, we could make this into a supplement for hunters. I was like, because I know like I used to do it like a lot of hunting, and like you wake up super early, you know, before light, you you go out like here in Texas, you go out to your hunting blind. And you just sit there, and it's depending on what what part of the season. Like maybe it's a little chilly, so you're like bundled up a little bit, and you're just sitting in your stand. And you're like, oh, this is pretty comfortable, like right here, as long as I don't move. And then like you start to like close your eyes a little bit, and then boom, like you're nodding off. Okay, so tons of people to prevent that. They're they're drinking their coffee first thing in the morning, but then like 30 minutes into sitting in your blind, you're like, oh man. I got to go to the bathroom. So I was like, I could save so many people's hunting experience, make it a little bit more beneficial. Like you, now you're maybe not going to miss out on that deer. Cause you know, you didn't, you, know, you didn't have to, I think didn't what we have to do is I think you've already <laughs> developed the, the pitch. I think we need to just make the company. Um, and you know, as Dylan and I are both students, I think that Kevin, you should, you should take the liberty to, to, you know, put in all of the, the licensing <laughs> and whatnot for that. And, and it sounds we'll, like a lot we'll of work. The, the, uh, research board, uh, we'll, okay. we'll definitely split it three <laughs> even ways. scientific like, advisory board. Yes. They, that, exactly, sounds yeah. that sounds great. You know, and yep. we'll each take 33.3%. I think that that makes sense. Sounds good. Um, you'll get the I'm logo and print it on like <laughs> rifles, on, on bows. <laughs> it's great. Everything. We'll get some Everyone's camo. Everyone's gonna be working with uh, the Kevin, the Kevin Coon. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, after after my four to five year uh, stint in the supplement industry, I was like, I'm never doing this again. So if anybody else wants to run with the idea. Hey, uh, you could, you know, cite your sources, aka us, and you can throw us a few bones if you want. But like, hey, take it, run with it, enjoy it. Uh, At the very least, we have the intellectual property of that study. So if anyone ever decides that they want to do that that study on the diuretic effects of teocrine, we have to be involved. So that was all me. That was all Kevin. That's right. That's (laughs) right. All his idea. Bill and I, we don't need to be involved, but hopefully, you know, you'll you'll call us so we can get in on the action too. Exactly. Well, you could be the uh, you could be the investigators. Y'all could. That's right. Y'all could conduct the study. So you're welcome in advance. Yeah, I didn't say thank you yet, but you are welcome. Yes, I am. I'm I'm talking about the people who are going to make this product. Ah, yeah, they're they're just banking off of your intellectual property. So, uh, what else don't we know that would be very beneficial to know? I'll start off real quick. I mean, some of some of that stuff uh, regarding substrate availability, some of the mechanisms behind how it's working. Uh, we definitely don't know a lot of that. How does how does tcrin differentially affect um, fat oxidation, carbohydrate mm-hmm. metabolism? Does it have some of the similar effects when it comes to um, you know calcium handling? A big issue with a lot of the the strength uh, performance, and then individuals that are interested in, in gaining um, 
you know, strength and, and muscle when it comes to uh, creatine supplementation, there's this whole idea of the, um, the counteracting roles of, of caffeine and creatine. Specifically, uh, I'm not well versed in that area, but a lot of it has to do with with uh, relaxation, excitation, a lot of, uh, kind of revolving around cal- calcium handling. So, mm-hmm. how is how is teocrine affecting that? Because if we can actually optimize some of the effects of of, uh, of creatine uh, by using teocrine instead of um, caffeine, or you know, at least supplementing our caffeine with with uh, teocrine instead of purely using caffeine can we get some more benefits out of some other supplements too um and then you know i, I was kind of already talked about we don't really know a whole lot in athletic endeavors so we don't know nearly as much about anything revolving exercise including endurance exercise including strength um which you know given the body of literature with with caffeine we're only starting to kind of touch on the benefits of caffeine for for strength and conditioning um mm-hmm. so just kind of i think we understand that the mechanisms are are there there's a few kind of more preliminary trials that demonstrate that there is some evidence that tecrin is beneficial um mm-hmm. is it as beneficial as caffeine at the moment definitely not uh, with even the the given literature, I would probably say that you know it's it's uh, not something that we can just substitute one to one. But mm-hmm. I think that with more research, there's definitely some uh, rationale to substantiate that we can in the future, with more evidence, you know, at least supplement uh, caffeine or, or other stimulant based uh, products with theocrine in order to kind of actualize some of the benefits of caffeine without just utilizing more. And then I think that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Um, Dylan, was there anything else in terms of the what we don't know that, you, that I missed? I mean, the only thing other is what we've already talked about before, just how high of a dose is the best, or how low of a dose mm-hmm. is the best for performance. That's the only thing I can really think of, of, of that. We've already talked about that. I mean, what was it? And then all the uh, literature that is here, the studies that have looked at it, um, they've all been very conflicting. They see different things. Um, some say it, it does help as like as a neurotropic with, uh, you know, parameters on like mood and stuff like that. Like it helps mood. And then some people say they don't see anything. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just a lot of, a lot of just stuff that just is conflicting. So just... Going more into like, does it help with more like mood, like modifying your mood? Because I know again, like with caffeine, uh, some of it is like it helps your mood. You know, you feel better and whatnot. We don't exactly know that with the. We don't know if it's just a mechanistically is it helping with your mood with like the uh, adenosine antagonism, or is it just because you feel happier having it? Is it just something mm-hmm. we've told ourselves, convinced ourselves? So that's something we really don't know either. Dylan makes a good point uh, when it comes to the dosages and how kind of spread out all of the data is. I think that we don't know um, what the, the appropriate dose is because of how spread out the different demographics are, right? It's not like all of the data is focused around endurance athletes and different investigators are going, well, 100 didn't work. How about 200? How about 300? Mm-hmm. How about 100? We have some data that is null, so we have some some null findings, some negative, not negative findings, but equivocal findings, and then it seems like people just kind of move on, or the data is, is currently still being uh, collected. 
So I think mm -hmm. that over time, um, once we get a good idea of, of what doses are effective, then we'll be able to make more definitive statements on a given population or a given purpose for these, uh, these different applications of Tiagrin. Cool. Perfect. So based off what we do know, um, essentially what's best, caffeine by itself, uh, theocrine by itself, or some sort of combination? So as everything stands right now, uh, Stephen did say this already, but caffeine is definitely on top in terms of like a stimulant for just any kind of like athletic endeavor. It is, it's, it's still the king of supplements for that. Now, it is interesting because um, it definitely does have a role with them together, but it only one study that I found looked at that, about how a combination of theocrine and caffeine, but both doses were relatively low. I believe both doses was barely 150 milligrams of each, and they didn't see anything. And that caffeine still, 300 milligrams of caffeine was still better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there, there definitely could be a future role with, the caffeine and theocrine together but what is that role and where are the dosing we don't know mm -hmm. a lot of these studies too uh a lot of the caffeine studies that are kind of coming out they're trying to establish individuals that are habituated and not habituated so i think that's also going to be really important in the future with theocrine research is can theocrine actually help um, elicit some of these similar cognitive benefits in individuals that are already caffeine habituated because that's where we're we're kind of seeing the deleterious impacts is people that are over consuming caffeine um, in in very habituated states they're already consuming a ton they're just throwing more on to try to elicit some of those benefits um, obviously there's some detriments to individuals that are caffeine naive consuming tons of caffeine as well just like with anyone that's unexperienced with a drug but I think that where teacreen is really going to shine which is kind of what we highlight in our paper is individuals that are uh, definitely habituated. They're already kind of addicted potentially to caffeine um, mm -hmm. and how they'd be able to, to kind of supplement some of those um, or uh, attenuate, mitigate is probably the word I was looking for, mitigate some of those deleterious impacts of, of overuse of caffeine. Gotcha. So um, you kind of just answered my next question, which is basically like, how do you think it will be utilized the most effectively going forward? So that's, that's perfect. Thank you for reading my mind. Of course. Yeah. Not like you have a <laughs> question list or anything like that either. So <laughs> dude, I was, I was expecting you to say something like, well, all the caffeine's kicking in and now I'm just working on another level, but you know what? That's fine too. I mean, when you say another level, it's just my normal, like, basal state of cognitive. <laughs> so you can read minds when you're at your regular level. Before I that. Can, I can use my own mind. How about that? <laughs> awesome. So do you think with enough caffeine, one day we'll be able to read minds? Uh, you'd die beforehand. But no. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that is what it takes to read minds. <laughs> Dad, Dad, yeah. It's like uh, it's it's like one of those 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 physiological like barrier supersessions where you're able to temporarily overcome your physical boundaries, mm. but you die. You know, mm. <laughs> is it worth it? Like it could be. It could be. Is it worth? 
Do it for <laughs> science, man. Like, think about you it. You're, you're sitting in a room with a guy who has a bomb, you know, and uh, there's like a passcode. And, uh, he, you know, you're like, give me the passcode, man. He's like, no, of course not. And then you, you just have a crap ton of caffeine on hand. You slam it. You tackle him. You get the code. It's all there. You saved, you know, at least another person. Lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully at least I, one other person. If it's just you in the room with them, probably not worth it. I, I mean, like, you mentioned that. But, like, do you think he's really going to let you slam down, like, four, like, 300 milligram energy drinks or like however many it takes just, dude if like, i have a bomb you know like <laughs> what what are you gonna do <laughs> what's your last I, wish like, <laughs> if he pulls uh, out a like if i had a bomb and the guy who's trying to disarm it pulled out a knife i'd be like yeah i'm gonna stop you right now but if he pulls out a bunch of energy drinks <laughs> like what are you doing I, I mean i guess like if you have like caffeine like those little caffeine pills you know you could just down the whole bottle like right then and there and just yeah, that's right. I think yeah, what it's yeah. going to take, uh, and this is definitely not a recommendation, is it's going to take the perfect combination of caffeine, teocrine, as well as DNP and ephedrine. I think that it's going to be a very specific combination of things that will literally, in doses that are too high, kill you. So let's throw in some beta alanine just to round it out, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know what? That, what else is going to pull you into action rather than the, the parasitic feeling of ants crawling all over your face? Yeah, That just means your skin's more receptive, so you're able to make even quicker decisions because you're already tingling. Yeah, that's like, right. It's like uh, Spider-Man. Spider yeah. yeah, exactly. You might be able to stick to walls because of the sweat, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope... Everybody listening is like, all right, we need to study this. Like, let's get together and let's make this happen. I want to reiterate that I'm not recommending that people consume a bunch of stimulants altogether, especially ones that have been literally proven, like, if you overconsume them, that you, you might die. So that's yeah. the reason why ephedrine's banned is because people are like, oh, yeah, this people works. If I just keep taking more of it. That'll, that'll yeah. be... You know, that's more fat loss. That's not how it works, guys. That's that's not how, how ephedrine works. And that's why it's banned. You know, people just ruin good things. This is why we can't have nice things. That's right. You know, people just people ruin it. We're uh, using lower doses of anabolic steroids. No one would have ever, you know, figured out or caught on. <laughs> that mean, that's a very fair point. But people just want to win, man. They just wanted it. They, they just win. want it too bad. That's right. You get that. You get that mentality where you're like, "Hey, I'll do whatever it takes. If yep. one is good, ten must be better. I'm going all in." That's right. That's a hundred percent the way to think. Um, hopefully, your your listenership it has a little bit more insight than to take things very literally. But I, I hope so. <laughs> so, for all those listeners, let's say they want to get their hands. Not on those other things that you were just discussing. Discussing, not disgusting. Uh, <laughs> they want to get their hands on uh, some teocrine. How do they do that? Uh, I think the easiest way is you can just go to Amazon, type in teocrine, and you can buy some there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen like the the powder form or any other thing with that like in the store or anything like that. You may be able to go to like uh, I know here in. Here in uh, Waco, we have a uh, drug emporium that may have it, but I'm not entirely sure. But again, Amazon, BulkSupplement.com, I know they they sell like a bunch of like, uh, bulk supplements of whatever. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Dylan ever talked about it, but the, the words sound very similar. Teocrine and theocrine, they're basically the same thing. It's kind of like um, creapure and creatine, right? So mm-hmm. teocrine, like the word T and then crin, is actually kind of a proprietary uh, formulation um, or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like purification of, of the, the general teocrine molecule. Um, so just to, to make sure that, that we're differentiating there. Um, and when it, with regards to purity, you might want to go with something that's been a little bit more empirically studied like teocrine, um, mm-hmm. which you'll see in a lot of the research has the little you know, trademark or the little, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? A little logo on it to make sure that you don't copyright logo. And there you go. Copyright. A little C. Yeah. A little C. Yeah. Blanking on what the C stood for, for a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just want to make sure that you're, you're doing your due diligence. Uh, if you're not getting something that's, you know, a, a more proprietary, more studied version of it, then you might want to go ahead and, and try to make sure that you're getting the purity tested, not literally, but if you're going with a company that has the um, certificate of analysis to make sure that you're getting a, a high quality product. I know bulk supplements does that. So that's a, that's a recommendation there too. But yeah, you can go on Amazon. You can pretty much buy as much of it as you want. You might indirectly get some of it from some of these nootropic supplements that are going out on the market. Um, mm-hmm. One of the benefits to the, the industry is that teocrine, I'm assuming, is more expensive than caffeine because you can buy probably about a lifetime worth of, of caffeine for probably, uh, you know, probably a hundred bucks, something of that nature. Not recommend mm-hmm. buy caffeine powder because that's a very dangerous prospect. It doesn't well, taste well, very volatile. Yeah, yeah, very, very volatile. You don't want to accidentally take a gram of, of caffeine when you meant to take a gram of creatine. Uh, and if you end up taking a, you know, a similar effective dose, like three to three to five grams of caffeine, I mean, you might you might end up in the hospital. In the hospital, yeah. Yeah, so you're gonna have a bad time. You're definitely going to have a bad time. You might be <laughs> in the fetal position in a corner for a while before the <laughs> ambulance gets there. But uh, definitely or, don't do that, and definitely don't experiment. Human. Yeah, or superhuman, but definitely <laughs> Dylan said that. I didn't say that. Um, I don't recommend it either, though. No, yeah, I'm not no. trying it. And we're definitely not advocating for getting a bunch of teocrine and like slamming it and trying to be, be your own case study um, because we, we really don't know. Uh, there, there could be some deleterious impacts that we're not aware of yet just because mm-hmm. they haven't been studied in humans in higher doses. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say that's a great point, too, because everyone like caffeine, especially, I know everyone has a different tolerance to it as well. So mm-hmm. the teocrine, it's, it's I do not know, but. Um, it's probably the same similar situation where everyone handles it a little bit differently. Some people may be able to consume more and mm-hmm. have none of those like adverse side effects. Like, um, you know, I, I know several people that can like slam down an energy drink and then go to bed, like 300 mm-hmm. milligrams and then go to bed. Now, are they actually getting good quality sleep? Probably not. But can they still go to sleep? Yes. And that's kind of similar with theocrine. You know, it's just you may be able to tolerate way more, but. We don't know. So you probably shouldn't just go around just slamming a gram just because you think it's okay. Yeah, that's where a lot of those mechanistic research uh, studies are going to, to come in is, is looking at um, maybe the receptor differences. So how, how strongly is teocrine binding, antagonizing adenosine receptors in comparison to caffeine? 
Um, mm-hmm. How is how is tetrin metabolized when it comes to, or is it using similar enzymes to break down um, tetrin as it is with caffeine? A lot of these things are, in my mind, or Dylan can correct me if you know if I'm wrong. We are unknown. We have no idea how these things are are different in that regard. So I think that that's where we're going to get a lot of information on how we can titrate do, uh, doses up or down depending on you know, the different things that we're using it with, whether caffeine or other nootropic or uh, ergogenic supplements. Awesome, awesome. Well, y'all, that kind of rounds out all my my specific questions. Um, so if somebody wants to reach out to y'all and either ask, ask some questions or they want to just follow your work, what's the uh, best way to do that? Go, Dylan. Okay, I, and I don't know. I've never asked this question before. I mean, they can, they can always read <laughs> first podcast, first publication. Yeah. First time Rad being voice, asked. Man. Yeah, exactly. I know it's a lot of firsts for me. I mean, you can reach out to my Instagram. I mean, Dylan underscore Reese. Uh, email me at my Spell email. Spell Reese. R-E-I-S. Spell the whole R-E- thing. D I L L O N underscore R E I S, or you can email me at D I L L O N underscore Harris one at Baylor.edu. Yes. Uh, I've, I've given the spiel before, I think, but uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you can, you can find me on, on Instagram. That's where I'm wasting most of my time. Uh, my Instagram <laughs> is stretch like the word, you know, stretch the thing that I don't do as much of as I need to nowadays underscore rx like prescription so stretch underscore rx that's my instagram if you want to email me that's uh steven with a v underscore maychek m-a-c-h-e-k the number two at baylor.edu um, but if you want any of the the research publications both dylan and i are on ResearchGate. that's a great way to obtain uh, well the the tcrin review that we wrote is is uh is open access so you can basically just uh, take the link that Kevin puts up, and you can you can get it that way. Um, but a lot of the research that we're going to be putting out in the future, you can attain a lot of that on on ResearchGate. So if you just search one of our names in ResearchGate, you should be able to to find that stuff pretty readily. And we do a lot of stuff related to supplements, a lot of stuff related to um, specifically resistance training, uh, growth outcomes, um, anti atrophy outcomes. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of just think about the growth, but you can impact the other end of the equation by looking at, you know, how things are, um, how we're impairing the the breakdown processes as well. Um, So a lot of things related to resistance training, nutrition, um, everything of the like specifically related to supplements. That's what what we're trying to do in our kind of, we don't have a a definitive lab really, um, specifically because I'm leaving... Right. I'm leaving Baylor. You know, I, I'm I'm taking my got the job. Job, yeah, in Arkansas. Yeah. So you know that, that's that's me making my own lab, I suppose. And then um, Dylan is is starting a master's program uh, under Dr. Leslie Funderburg. So she does a lot of of research in sports supplementation. She uh, she's published a lot of papers in the past few years on leucine things of that nature. She's doing a lot with her current student on fish oil. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that is going to be put out by her lab, um, either by, you know, her students, uh, other than Dylan and Dylan himself. And then hopefully I'll be putting out some stuff in the near future that will be as interesting. Um, maybe not to read as uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> putting out. 
No, it better be interesting so I can uh, get you back on the podcast. Yeah, well, you know, if it's not, I can still turn it into a big joke and it'll still be entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Well, anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, I've had an excellent time and I've learned quite a bit. And uh, I'm probably going to go get a little bit of caffeine right now. Might be some green tea, so I get a little bit of uh, theocrine in there as well. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for doing this. And, uh, yeah. Any, uh, any final thoughts? You get some, you, you get your green tea. Not only are you getting the, uh, uh, the, the teocrine, but you're also getting the theanine, which is a really cool, mm. really cool, uh, other compound that helps kind of, um, I guess buffer the, the stimulant jittery aspects of caffeine so that's that's kind of that's a cool thing too perfect well i will uh i will definitely go ahead with the uh green tea then yeah <laughs> good plan awesome thanks for, right, having no, for sure yeah, thank you for having my pleasure yeah, thank you yeah thank you for sure my pleasure um all right y'all thanks for watching and listening and stay tuned for next week's episode adios